Welcome to the St. Benedict Parish Sunday Message Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And now, here's this Sunday's message. Those who know me, they know that I'm like a type A sort of person. I take charge of things, you know, I like to call the shots. And so I feel sorry for all the people who have to live with me and work with me. Just the other day, Father Alex, my associate pastor, he was driving me around. Now, you know you've arrived when you're being chauffeured in the back seat of a Ford Fiesta. <laughs> so there we were, we were driving around, and it was like, Jeeves, pull over, I'd like a cup of coffee. And so, so he stopped, and I got some coffee. I got back in, and I noticed he started driving away from the highway, which is where we were heading. He was taking the, the long way, and I was... I was like, like, for those, you know Father Alex, he has many, many gifts, but a good sense of direction is not one of them. And so I was like, dude, there's a much faster way to get to the highway. And he was like, bro, you may be my boss, and you may even be the pastor of St. Benedict Parish, but you're in my car and I'm driving, so I'm going to go whatever way I want. He put me in my place, right? There I was backseat driving in the, back, the tiny backseat of a Fiesta. So that story, it's humiliating for me at so many levels. But is there anybody else out there like me? You're type A, you take charge, you, you like to call the shots. You might not be a, a control freak like me, but I suspect that when it comes to certain areas of your life, like, is there an area of your life where you like to be in control? Maybe it's, it's in your home. There's a part of the home. It's the garage or the kitchen or it's your car or it's the remote control or there's, there's some place, something that that's yours. That's your domain. Or maybe it's at work. You want to take on more responsibility because then that will allow you to influence the direction of a particular project. Or maybe it's, it's not just uh, a thing or a place or a project, but it's time. Like you want to have control, authority over your time. You, you put in a long day, and at the end of the day, you just want to have some, some cave time where you get to call the shots. You get to do whatever you want. Maybe... It's our, our thoughts, our opinions. You know, I love this. Everyone is entitled to my opinion. <laughs> right? Just the other day, I was in this, this conversation, difference of opinions, and it was a fairly mundane subject, but I was reflecting on it afterwards, and it's like, man, was I ever pushing my opinion? <laughs> like, I was really advocating and expecting the other person to change their viewpoint to, to see that, obviously, I'm right. And we do this all the time. And just to, to build on that, maybe this is a bit more sensitive, but when it comes to our thoughts or opinions, we like to have the final authority. And that's even true when it comes to, to Catholic teaching. You know, I, I see this all the time on those, those hot-button issues, those things that, that may be a struggle to understand, a struggle to, to even accept or to live, and, and yet they're presented to us. Things like abortion, or euthanasia, or marriage, 
or human sexuality. These things that, you know, we see Catholic politicians, for example, exerting their authority in these areas, but, but even for ourselves too. We might say something like this. You know, I'm willing to follow Jesus or the Bible or the church in all of these other areas, but when it comes to this one thing, I reserve the right to be in charge, to call the shots on this subject. Now, the point is this. Uh, we like to, to have authority over some domain of our life, most likely. But how does that tendency to want to call the shots, how does that square up with Jesus? Well, we're beginning this new preaching series, as I said, it's called Jesus Is, and you guessed it, it's a series all about Jesus. Now, you might be at home thinking to yourself, man, all these guys ever talk about is Jesus. <laughs> like, let's change the channel. Well, here's the thing. I'd be happy to be accused of that, first of all, because I don't ever get tired of talking about the most important person in my life. And he is the most important person. He is the very heart of our parish. And so, yes, we do refer to Jesus all the time, but we want to take a deeper dive here and look more closely at Jesus through the lens of a few different titles. And this week, uh, the title is Jesus is the King. So, so often we create an image of who Jesus is, maybe based on something we heard as a child or, or what we hope him to be. But today I want to look closely at the gospel to understand more clearly uh, who he is. And so we're in the Gospel of Mark, and these are the very first words spoken by Jesus in this Gospel. He, sa he says this. He shows up on the scene and he says this. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. So right out of the gates, Jesus is referring to this kingdom. And he's making this direct association. It's not just... Uh, any old kingdom. It's the kingdom of God. And in fact, he's basically saying the kingdom of God has come near. I have come near because I am that king. I'm in charge. I'm the one who's going to call the shots. I have authority. I have power. I have dominion. I have lordship. Now, these are some pretty strong words that I'm using. And they are totally appropriate in this case because Jesus his kingship is absolute. And it's absolutely infused with love. Now, as king, uh, he makes some demands of his subjects. He isn't just like, well, so I'm the king and it's all good. No, he actually demands us, uh, those who are trying to follow him, to, to certain Things, certain responses. And look at the very next line. He says, kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Possible we've talked about this before, but just to understand what does this mean to repent? To repent means to turn away from, to have a complete, it comes from this Greek word, metanoia, to have a complete change of mind about uh, about. 
uh, sin, turning away from sin, and then to believe to, to fix our hearts on God and his truth. So repent and believe. Jesus throws, throws those, those out there, and then the next thing he does is he walks down the shoreline and he calls two sets of brothers, two sets of fishermen to follow him. And his call is with authority. Again, it's not just like this polite request. He, he says this. He goes up to first Andrew and Simon. He says, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of people. And look at their response. And immediately they left their nets and they followed him. Right? They aren't like, hmm, that's an interesting proposition that you're making, Jesus. Let me think about it. No, immediately they respond, they, they drop what they're doing, and they follow him. And then the next set, James and John, even more so, not only do they drop their nets, they leave their father, they leave the boat, they leave the hired men. So think about that for a second. So there's, there's people that they've been able to hire to work for them. Their business is pretty po- prosperous, Right? They're, in fact, they're in this position where they're used to having people under them. They're used to taking charge, calling the shots, having authority. And yet when Jesus calls and they encounter somebody with an authority that is higher than their own, they submit and they follow. We see this same dynamic play out, this following of divine authority in our first reading today from Jonah. Now, you might be familiar with the story. It's, it's a whale of a tale. I had to throw in a dad joke since Father Alex isn't here. But it's a, it's a great story. You probably know the, the version where, where Jonah, he, he resists God, he gets swallowed, and he's in the belly of a fish for three days. Anyways, what takes place in our reading today is after that, he goes, God sends him to preach to this city called Nineveh. And... He's, he's called to go to them. This is, at the time, Nineveh was one of the most powerful cities in all of Assyria, which was one of the most powerful dynasties in the world at that time. And yet, he's supposed to go, and he starts this three-day preaching series, it, because it takes three days to walk across this gigantic city, and the theme is repentance. He's calling all of those people to turn away from their sin and to fix their hearts back on God. Well, one day into his preaching, everybody repents from the greatest to the least. In fact, the king of Nineveh, he hears about this whole thing and he himself, he puts on sackcloth and he sits in ashes, which is this symbol of repentance. And what's hilarious, he makes all the animals do it too. They're all wearing sackcloth, the poor animals. I'm picturing these, you know, cows and and sheep and all this stuff. Anyways, so the king of one of the most powerful cities on earth, he encounters an authority that is higher than his own, and he chooses to submit and follow. Just like in the gospel, these, these disciples, these fishermen, they were used to calling the shots and being in charge, and they encounter Jesus, they choose to submit to an authority greater than their own. Jesus is the king, 
And today, he's calling us. And we have a choice before us to submit and follow his authority. He wants to have absolute dominion over your life. And and the thing about Jesus and his rule, it's not like any other human kingdom or human government. You know, it doesn't just extend across a geographical territory or, or even extend to personal property. Jesus's reign extends right into the human heart. That's where he wants to be king. Right in your, your own heart. And you might ask, well, why would anybody subject themselves to such a ruler? Because his absolute dominion is one of absolute love. And the thing that I've found is when we when a radical surrender to him leads to radical freedom and radical joy. Now for some of you, maybe you've never submitted to Jesus as the king, as the authority in your life. And I would strongly urge you to do this, to recommend it. It's, it is probably the best thing you could ever do in your entire life. I think the problem is this. We like the idea of Jesus being the king, but when push comes to shove, uh, most of us, we're not really interested in a monarchy. We're more interested in like a diarchy or something, right? Where there's two rulers where, yeah, Jesus can be the king, but I also want to be like the little king or the little queen as well. I, I also want to have some authority to call some of the shots. You know what I mean? Like, like, but Jesus, he doesn't want to be half a king. He wants your whole heart. He wants to have complete dominion in your life. He wants you to follow him. Now, I love there's this great image. Uh, one of the parishioners, Scott, he shared this to, with me one time, this, this story, right, of the disciples. How do they respond? They drop their nets, and then they follow Jesus. Well, he was saying, it's almost like so often, Jesus calls, and, and I want to follow him. I start following him, and I'm dragging a few of my nets along with me. <laughs> and, and really, the thing is for us to, to let go, to, to drop everything. Now, I know in my own life, this has been easier said than done, because I, like everybody else, I like to reserve the right to have authority, at least over some areas of my life. And I'll give you one example. So over a number of years, maybe like 15 years, I developed this habit of going to the TV, and I'd watch a TV show, and and often I'd exercise as well. And so, uh, you know, on a pretty regular basis, I'd have a show going or, or a movie or something, and I'd, and I'd go to the TV to relax, to unwind, uh, you know, a, a form of entertainment. And about, uh, you know, it's nothing like terrible, right? A sitcom or a crime dra- drama, like nothing super edifying, just kind of fairly empty. And so maybe in the last year or two, I've been feeling this tug on my heart, this, this call to let go, to let go of the TV in, in the way that it's, it's become uh, an, an area where I like to have domain, where I like to have control. And, and so 
I've been resisting it because it's not that big a deal. You know, I, it's not that bad, and I'm exercising, which is healthy, and, and all this kind of stuff. But I finally realized it boils down to this. Jesus, I want you to be the king in my life. I want you to have authority, except for this one area where I still want to be in charge. I still want to be able to call the shots here. And I'm, I'm happy to say that in the last two months or so, by God's grace, I've been able to drop that net and, and let go of uh, the TV. I haven't uh, been going to it uh, for, for the last eight weeks, and I've been miserable ever since. No, just kidding. I haven't even noticed. I haven't even really missed it that much. And I realize it's not that, you know, every once in a while with the brothers, I'll watch a show or a movie, but it just, it doesn't have the same hold over my life as it once did. Because Jesus is the king, and there can be no other. Now, sometimes when it comes to submitting to Jesus as king, it's a, it's a smaller area like, like an attachment to TV. And sometimes it's a really big submission, a really big surrender that might impact our whole lives. And I asked Anna Stewart, one of our parishioners, if, if I could share this story with you. Here she is uh, with her husband, Lex. And they were, they've been part of this church for many years, long before actually St. Benedict existed. And she's been somebody who, over the years, I've turned to uh, for wisdom and counsel. She's, in fact, the, the chair of our pastoral council right now. But many years ago, uh, she was your typical Catholic, right? She'd be dragging her family to church. And, uh, and when they'd get there, she was kind of praying that it would be a five-minute homily so that they could all go home within the hour, right? But over time, uh, through a series of events, she started to feel this call from God and drop her nets in different areas. And she started to follow him. And, and, and more recently, there was another moment of dropping the nets. Exactly one year and one week ago, so January 2020, Anna and I had a meeting booked, and it just so happened it was in the middle of a snowstorm, but we said, you know what, let's go for it anyway. So we met here at St. Benedict Church, and, and uh, in the course of the conversation, uh, something just prompted me to say, hey, Anna, have you ever considered full-time ministry? And now, you need to understand uh, she's a professional. She had a very good job. Uh, she was well compensated, and she was sought after in her field. And so I'm throwing this out there, but I think the subtext, uh, which is far beyond me, what Jesus was speaking to her heart was something to the effect of, Anna, come follow me. Yes, you're, you've, you've let go of certain things. I'm calling you in a more radical way to drop the nets and follow me. Well, she went home that night, and she was telling her husband, you'll never believe the crazy thing that Father Simon said to me. To which Lex responded, I actually don't think it's that crazy at all. Which led to a series of sleepless nights, because she just couldn't shake it. This thought of, of responding in this, in this way, and over the next few months, she basically made plans to sell her portion of the business, to, to leave behind her successful career. And 
about six months ago, last summer, she did. She, she changed and she is now a full-time uh, staff member with Divine Renovation Ministries. And I just uh, think here she went from being in th- this position where she could take charge of her life and call the shots, and now she submitted more radically to Jesus as King in her life. And shortly after the big move this past summer, I saw Anna and, and I was chatting with her and I said, you know what? I've noticed. There's something different. Like, she's always been upbeat and positive and wise, but there's something more, right? Because that radical surrender leads to a radical freedom, a radical joy, and I could see that in her life, a new freedom, a greater joy, even a greater clarity. That's God. That's what God can do when we surrender more completely to him. Jesus is the king. And he wants to be king over your life completely. He wants to have absolute dominion. And I just want to give you the opportunity. If there's uh, an area of your life that you've been holding on to, Maybe it's, it's a place, it's a thing, it's, it's a career, it's a relationship, it's an opinion, some form of entertainment, like me. Jesus wants that. That's the thing you've been holding on to and saying, Jesus, you can have my whole life except for this one thing. I wonder if that might be the very thing that he's calling you to let go of, to give over to submit to him. And I want to lead us in a prayer right now. I'm going to assume a posture of submission. I'm going to kneel and, and pray. And you can join in whatever way you feel prompted to. You don't have to. There's no pressure at all. But if there's anybody here for whom you're, you're feeling a tug on your heart to make Jesus the king or to more radically surrender to him, then join with me as I pray. Jesus, I proclaim that you are king. You're the king of heaven, you're the king of earth. And I choose today to submit to you as king of my heart. If there's any area that I've been holding on to where I've wanted to maintain authority, give me the eyes to see it. Give me the courage to choose to submit. radically surrender. May you grant me radical freedom and radical joy. 
Thanks so much for listening to the St. Benedict Parish Sunday Message Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. Have a lovely day.